We know historically in just that one area that there's 40 million tons grading about 0.4%. But there's been very little work done on sort of three, three quarters of the project. Joining us for a conversation is Dan Weir, the CEO of Copper Bullet Mines. Mr. Weir, welcome to the show. Thank you, Maurice. <laughs> Glad to have you on the program to share the opportunity before us in Copper Bullet Mines. Before we delve into company specifics, Mr. Weir, please introduce Copper Bullet Mines and the opportunity the company presents to shareholders. So Copper Bullet Mines is a new company that we set up. Uh, it's a private company. Uh, we have a plan uh, to take it public in the next 12 months. Uh, it's run by uh, a bunch of uh, experienced mining guys. We have currently three geologists involved in the company. Uh, we have multiple engineers, mining engineers, metallurgical engineers, process engineers, guys that really know how to mine. We have decided to focus on the United States uh, for now, uh, the Western United States. Many of you may know me that I've spent the last five years working in Africa, and it will be very nice to focus on uh, copper and also focus on the United States. So I think we'll get into a lot more detail here as we move forward. Right, Maurice? Absolutely. You know, this may very well be the golden age for copper, as many believe that copper is the new oil. Mr. Weir, please provide us with an overview of the supply and demand of copper. Yeah, so it's very interesting. You know, you've got Goldman Sachs and a number of companies have come out. Uh, Goldman Sachs uses the the term copper is the new oil. Um, you know, if you look at a comparison, you know, a combustible uh, 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 gasoline or diesel burning uh, vehicle has about 48 pounds of copper in it. But a Tesla or an electric vehicle has 183 pounds of copper in it. So you can see here that it can be four, five times as much copper in, a, in an electric vehicle. So that's just one aspect of it, let alone the fact that we have to go across all around the world um, building uh, uh, stations to recharge our electric vehicles. And our houses are all wired with uh, 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 copper wiring through our houses. Um, we're, more and more people are putting solar panels on our house. That means more wires, more uh, copper is needed for that. Uh, again, I, I look at Africa and, and there's only about 40 or 50% of Africa actually has electricity to people's houses. That's being built out as we move along. So. You know, other people call this is the golden age for copper, and I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah, the value proposition of copper is quite compelling. Now, it's early days for copper bullet mines as the company is currently private looking to go public. How does copper bullet mines plan to meet the global demand for copper? So we want to focus on, uh, uh, as we said, on uh, North America, specifically uh, Arizona, Nevada areas. Um, we will see, you'll see some of our slides as we move forward. We are in what we call the copper triangle, which is in Arizona. Um, we plan to focus on that area. We bought our first project and we're going to detail that a little bit here in a minute. 
Um, just uh, a month ago, it took me about six months to put it all together. Uh, and that first project has historical resources, but we're also looking for other assets. Um, we are currently right now uh, bidding on some uh, producing assets. I can't get into any details on those right now because we're under a uh, confidentiality agreement. Um, but we are looking for those type of assets, near term uh, type producing assets or producing assets or something that has historical resources that we can bring up to a new resource by twinning uh, holes. So our focus and what we really would want to do is is buy uh, producing assets. Let's go on site and find out more. Sir, take us to the Copper Triangle of Arizona and get us acquainted with the Copper Springs Project along with some of your neighbors. Great. So uh, if you look at the slide here that we show the, the Copper Triangle, about one hour east of Phoenix. So it's very easy to land at the Phoenix airport and drive one hour uh, uh, from there. Um, there's this area. In this copper triangle, you have companies like Rio Tinto, BHP, uh, KGHM, Capstone, uh, and and Asarco, uh, which is is owned by Grupo Mexico. So you oh and Freeport McMoran. So you now have some of the largest mining companies in the world with mines in this area, or are building a mine. And what I mean by building a mine. Rio Tinto and BHP, if you can see on the slide here, are building the Resolution Mine. They're spending billions and billions of dollars building this mine. It will be one of the largest copper mines in North America when it's built. And you can see from the map here, we're less than 12 kilometers away from that. You know, we're, you know, just to the north of us is Freeport, McMoran. Um, it has a copper smelter sitting here. There are only currently three, well, sort of three large copper smelters in the United States and one smaller one. And you know what? Two of them just happen to be in the Copper Triangle. One Freeport just north of us and the other one uh, right at the bottom of the triangle uh, owned by Asarco and it's called the Hayden uh, Smelter. That smelter is being shut down. So now, you're looking at in the United States, we're only going to have two full-size copper uh, smelters, one here, one up at Bingham Canyon in Utah, and then a small one in the um, in the Texas area. So uh, again, this is known for copper. Copper is uh, produced from this area. Um, it, it's probably the premier place in all of North America where you're seeing uh, copper production. And guess what? We're basically the heart of this, uh, right there, right over, your, right where your heart would be on your chest, Maurice. Um, <laughs> that's where we're situated. All right. The Copper Springs is a shallow enrichment mineralization project with a historical resource, which is a non-compliant to currently to 43101 standards. Provide us with some context and what is the plan moving forward to become 43101 compliant? Yes. So. Amazingly, um, over the last uh, 50 to 60 years, there's been a number of different groups who have owned this project or, or optioned this project. 
and have gone in and uh, uh, drilled and uh, uh, calculated resources on here. Companies like Kerr-McGee, uh, Humble, uh, American Copper, uh, and most recently in, in around 2010, there was a small junior company called Toro Resources uh, had the uh, project. And, and I must add to that, they had parts of the project. Um, it wasn't until uh, I was able to come in here and put all of the claims together um, in this area. There was three groups uh, that I had to work with. Uh, there, uh, one of the groups uh, had uh, the claims. They have a package of eight claims that sit right in the middle of the claim block. And um, they um, have owned these claims since 1924. Their grandfather had, uh, well, great-grandfather actually, had uh, staked them, owned them in the family all that time. And this is the first time uh, since uh, the, the 50s that this project has all been put together with all this claim package under one option. So. Um, uh, you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back too much, but it was a lot of work, uh, um, and it's been a great experience putting this whole package together. So now we have a claim package of uh, 126 claims uh, over 2,600 uh, um, uh, acres uh, here. So a beautiful package that has had work done it over the years by some very large uh, companies. In, in fact, Anglo America uh, recently visited the project in the last number of years. Um, and they say that this thing has huge potential that you could be looking at uh, here, um, just like some of the others in the, in the copper area, like Pinto Valley, where they had up, upwards of one and a half a billion tons of copper. I'm not saying that that's what we're going to get. Um, I believe from the data uh, that we've looked at that we have a historical resource now of 40 million tons grading around the 0.4 range. Um, I've read a number of reports. Again, I can't guarantee this, um, that there is potential here to be sort of the 100 to 200 million tons grading somewhere around that 0.4%. Again, that's what many of the mines in the area are mining at is sort of 0 0.3, 0 0.4%. So I'm very excited about this. Like, put that in perspective. Even if we just have 40 million tons and we go back and twin a number of these holes, 40 million tons grading 0.4% is about 320 million pounds of copper. Uh, Maurice, what's copper trading at these days? Uh, it's above four bucks. It's at a near an exactly. all-time high. <laughs> exactly. So we, we recently went up to sort of the 460, 470 range. It's pulled back in a little bit. Um, um, but let's use $4, okay? Maurice, it's currently trading, I think, today at 425. Uh, let's call it $4. Uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, multiply $4 times, you know, 300 uh and 20 million pounds of copper you're somewhere around 1.2 to 1.3 billion dollars worth of copper sitting on this property uh right now now again 
there's a lot of work to do. We'll have to figure out recovery rates. We'll have to figure out all sorts of things that go along with that. But I'm, I'm just throwing some big numbers out here because it does have some historical resources on here. Or, and, and we believe um, that those historical resources are good. I Again, until I do the drilling uh, on here and twin a bunch of these holes, um, and, uh, and and bring it up to 43101 standards, uh, I have to be very careful what I say. Sticking with the historical resource here, please walk us through some of the historical drill locations. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, there was a n- number of different groups that have drilled over time, including Kerr-McGee, Phelps-Dodge, a number of different groups have kind of come in and out of this project. Some people will say and look at a project and go, wow, but you know, these guys drilled and they didn't find anything. Well, they did find a lot, uh, you know. Um, you know, you talk to certain geologists or people that have been around uh, the mining industry for a long time and, and they'll sort of tell you that, you know, a, a mining project to put it into production, you've probably had about five or six junior companies, maybe a couple larger companies that have done all the um, resource studies and looked at it so many different ways. And then you're likely gonna have one or two guys before it actually goes into production. So it's very typical of these type of projects that you have multiple different people over time that will pick up claims. You know, They'll do some drilling, maybe they ran out of money, Maybe the copper price dropped, all sorts of things. But I can tell you that in this area, as I mentioned, I'm the guy, I'm the first one since the 1950s that's been able to put this whole package together. Um, and we have a lot of the old data that we can go and model, uh, go back and drill and, uh, and, and build a resource on the back of that. What can you tell us about the genetic and the exploration model? So another great thing is in the around 2011, um, there was a number uh, of people that actually went out and mapped this. Um, we have talked to the geologists and some of them are PhD type geologists who have gone out and done a lot of mapping uh, on this project. Most of the work has been done in one area, most of the drilling and most of the work. There's a massive area on, sort of on the east side of the deposit uh, that has huge potential. And these guys have gone out and done a bunch of the mapping and again agree that there's massive potential and nobody's really drilled uh, many holes in that area. So so we do, th- This is this is how I come up with say, yeah, okay, we know historically in just that one area that there's 40 million tons grading about 0.4%. But there's been very little work done on sort of three three quarters of the project. So we know that there is huge potential all across this thing. Um, So I, I get very excited about that. I do believe that, and again, I can't guarantee this, I do believe that we can get to much higher numbers than 40 million tons. To coincide with mapping, I see that a geophysics study was completed in 2007. Now, will this suffice for drill targeting or is the plan to conduct another survey or do you plan to twin the stork holes? Yeah, so we we will twin some of the holes. We will do a lot more uh, geophysics over the property. Um, 
You can see from some of the maps here, it was only done in the one area where they did most of the drilling. Um, we do want to go back in here and want to do uh, a lot more uh, geophysics over that. Um, geophysics is a cheap way to do exploration. Uh, remember that uh, drilling is very expensive. So anything that you can do to pinpoint where you want to put those drills um, helps the geologist pinpoint exactly where we want to uh, put the drill on the ground. Let's discuss some important topics germane to your project. Are you fully permitted? So, um, uh, no. So the simple answer is no. Uh, there's a lot of work to do over the next couple of years uh, on here. Um, we will, even to do a drill program, um, we have to go out and uh, get permits from the BLM and the Forest Service uh, to go out and do that. That would probably take, uh, to get the drill uh, permits, probably three to six months, uh, we think, maybe a little bit longer. Um, uh, but as, as we're applying for those permits, uh, we can be doing a lot of the mapping work, the IP work, uh, as, we, um, as we decide exactly where we want to drill those holes. So there, there's lots of work to do here. Um, one, one thing I'm going to add here is I, I mentioned earlier that we're looking at buying some other properties, uh, producing mines, uh, uh, one of them in Arizona. Um, if we're able to buy one of those mines, um, it's close enough uh, that we think we can just truck the ore from this uh, uh, property over to the mine, the operating mine, um, uh, and, and utilize a lot of the infrastructure there. So, and it's fully permitted and is in production. So if we can take some of the ore from here and move it over to a producing mine, um, it would make it a lot quicker, uh, Maurice, to get a permit uh, from the Forest Service to, to start mining. Um, because it, you're you're not having to worry so much about leach pads and other things. Again, I can't guarantee that that's exactly what's going to happen, but uh, it, it is one model that we've been looking at. Is the Copper Springs project 100% owned? So we have optioned the the project. It is a eight year uh, option uh, process in which we have annual cash payments. Most of that is back-end loaded. So for the first number of year, years, they are not onerous. And we have to do a certain amount of exploration work uh, on the project. So it, it is not onerous. It is actually a great deal um, uh, for us uh, to move forward on this. What are the company's goals and what strategy will the company use to accomplish its stated goals? So I used to work for brokerage firm on Bay Street or Wall Street uh, for a number of years. I spent 12 years working at one of the top brokerage firms in all of Canada. Uh, when I left that firm, I spent another three years running the institutional sales desk uh, for another firm. Most of my uh, uh, experience I'm working on Bay Street or Wall Street has been involved in financing uh, mining companies. 
One of the companies that we did a lot of work with, um, and I can remember doing the IPO for it in 2004, uh, was a company called Quadra. Uh, Quadra started out, they bought one mine in Nevada called the, um, uh, the Robinson Mine. They then took what they took some of the cash flow that they were doing from that mine and then expanded out and started buying all sorts of other mines, um, uh, not only in the US uh, and, and into Chile. Then they uh, went and bought another full company called FNX Mining. Uh, maybe uh, many of the people that will watch this will remember Quadra or FNX. Ultimately, they sold it to a Polish company called KGHM for $2.5 billion. So it, I, I'm not saying that we can do that, but that's the type of model that we want to uh, work on for this company. I would love to be able to buy a operating mine. Again, as I said, we are bidding on a number of uh, assets that are currently in operations or it, it, that mines are in operation. Um, if we can take that cash flow and everything else from that and start to build a company out, that's really what I want to do. My chairman of the board uh, is a gentleman named uh, Daryl Hodges. Um, he is a geologist. He worked all over the world for Falconbridge, um, including places like Norilsk in Russia and, and uh, looking for nickel, copper, all sorts of assets in, in many places. Um, he understands and gets that. He and I are aligned that that's what we want to build in this company. We want to, to buy assets that are in production or close to production. We also want to have some exploration place like Copper Springs, the first one that we bought here, and grow and build a company. That is exactly what we want to do. We've discussed the good. Let's address the bad. What can go wrong and what are your action plans to mitigate that wrong? We all know that uh, uh, anybody in the mining business, uh, that mining is very cyclical. Uh, there can be ups and downs. I believe that the copper cycle here is going to be here for quite a while. Uh, um, number one, because as we start to electrify more and more of the world, um, you're going to, to see the demand for copper continue to increase. As we buy and drive more and more electric vehicles, you're going to see the copper uh, demand increase. In a lot of places in the world, uh, Chile, uh, as well as others, the copper grades continue to fall off um, at most of the mines around the world. Um, us focusing on places like Arizona to mitigate some of the risk, um, even Chile that produces most of the copper in the world is considering uh, increasing some of its royalty rates. Um, you've got Peru, um, they're going through an election cycle here right now. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Those two, between Cop uh, Peru and uh, Chile, they produce a majority of the world's copper. So we are focusing on places like Nevada and Arizona. Now, could things change in the United States? Could it get more difficult to get permits? Um, that is always a risk. Um, but I believe, and even if you look at the Fraser Institute, they rate the top two jurisdictions in the world to 
to look at mining are, are Nevada and Arizona. And that is exactly where we want to focus right in the heart of the Copper Triangle in Arizona. One hour outside Phoenix um, with infrastructure, with people that know mining, understand mining, um, and we can work uh, and, and get high-skilled people. So it, 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 it's a huge opportunity for us. But again, you know, you've got to look at cycles and, and, and mining can be very cyclical. Um, so that, uh, that can cause big problems. Speaking of high-skilled people, Mr. Weir, please introduce us to your board of directors and management team and what skill sets do they bring to Copper Bullet Mines? So we, um, I think you have, you'll have a slide up here uh, that shows some of the people that involve that are involved. We have a number of other people that aren't on this list. So I'm going to kind of go through this list just a little bit, um, and then uh, describe some of the other people that we that are working with us now. So I, I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Mr. Daryl Hodges. Um, I mentioned earlier too that we have. Uh, three geologists uh, working uh, with us. Um, uh, Daryl, uh, we have another job, a uh, gentleman uh, advisor to us, a gentleman named uh, uh, Herb Dewar. Uh, Herb is involved in some other junior publicly traded companies uh, here in Canada. He lives in Reno. Um, he is a prospector and a geologist and a brilliant guy. He has uh, claims all over uh, the United States and even Puerto Rico. He's been developing a project there as well. Uh, I, I've got uh, engineers uh, like Keith Minty, um, you know, as a guy that built up North American Palladium, uh, which now has been bought by Impala. Um, we have uh, uh, um, uh, Rich Warner, uh, as an advisor. Uh, he lives in Zurich. He's Canadian, but lives in Zurich, works for some very high-end companies uh, over in the Zurich area, and knows the mining industry, has worked in the mining industry all his life. So, uh, and again, our, our board right now, uh, we have uh, uh, Doug Harris. Uh, he's an accountant. He's also the CFO of three other junior mining companies. So we we have the people. We we also recently picked up another geologist who was the chief geologist of a mine in uh, in the Globe Miami area, right in the heart of the uh, Copper Triangle. Um, and we have been talking to a number of uh, permit experts. Uh, that will likely come on board with us as we move forward here too. So, so we've been able to put together an absolute amazing team who understand copper, who know copper, who have built mines, who have built processing plants, our PhD uh, type guys in uh, metallurgy and metallurgical engineering. So, you know, we have an amazing group of people that know how to do this. Who is Dan Weir and what makes him qualified for the task at hand? Again, as I mentioned, I spent a number of years working on Bay Street slash Wall Street. Um, I've spent the last uh, 10 years uh, working uh, for mining companies. I've been on the board of directors of zinc and copper um, uh, companies. 
Uh, I've been around the mining industry. I know the mining industry. Um, but I also know that I've got to bring the right people with me. So, um, you know, I see myself more of as a conductor of an orchestra and bringing all, all the right people together. Um, I'm not a geologist, um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I know a little bit about geology, um, but I know that I've got to bring the right people around me, the engineers and everybody else to put this all together. So, so we have a bunch of guys that are very hardworking, um, willing to roll up their sleeves and have a lot of experience in the mining industry. Um, and, and I consider myself one of those people as well. Let's get into some numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like the value proposition of Copper Bullet Mines and you're an accredited investor, the company is currently conducting a financing. Mr. Weir, please provide us with the details and how will the company deploy the capital for the financing? So what we're doing right now is we're doing a seed round for a million dollars. Um, this will be used for uh, some of the mapping that we want to do on our first project um, and, and the permitting process. Um, it will also give us some of the due diligence money that we need uh, as we are, are bidding on some of these producing mines. Um, we will then, the game plan will be to raise uh, afterwards, depending on if we do buy one of these uh, uh, producing mines, uh, we will do a much larger raise, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, $50 million plus uh, likely uh, is what we will raise. Now, will that mean that we'll go right to a full on IPO? I, I, I'm not sure. Um, we will we will decide that as we move forward uh, or will we just do another raise just to raise, you know, sort of five to ten million dollars uh, to um, just focus on the Copper Springs area. So it, it's going to be interesting over the next couple months as we go through the bidding process on some of these production assets. But right now we want to raise a million dollars right now as the seed round getting in some of the get get in some people early on here get them in cheap at 10 cents and then we will likely raise money at much higher prices full disclosure i plan to participate in the financing before we close mr weir for someone listening that wants to participate in the financing please share the contact details yes uh i'm going to give you my cell phone number you can call me anytime it's dan uh, weir and my cell phone number is 416-720-0754. Or you can email me anytime uh, at danweir at bulletminds.com. That's danweir at bulletminds.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to participate in the financing and want to have your request moved to the front of the line, please place in the subject line, proven and probable. Last question, sir. What did I forget to ask? Well, Maurice, uh, in some of the last projects that you and I have worked on together, you know, you've traveled down to see some of the deposits. So uh, I, I think the next thing for you to do is um, come on down to Arizona um, and uh, let's go see the property because I'm sure you're going to be very, very impressed with the property and 
the area inside the uh, Golden Triangle, seeing some of those smelters and some of the producing mines in the area, I think you'll be very, very impressed. So, so you know what? Ask me to get you on an airplane and get you down there, and and we'll uh, and and we'll over the next month or so we will do that. <laughs> Looking forward to it, sir. Mister Weir, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you and Copper Bullet Mines the absolute best, sir. Thank you, Maurice. It's always a pleasure. The information presented on Proven Improbable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor. 